Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash usingyourpower. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Today, we'd like to recommend Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, Living the Wisdom of the Tao by Dr. Wayne W. Dyer. He lived the principles of the Tao for one year and then wrote this wonderful, powerful book. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Andrewweep, and joining me as always is... Levine Cora. Hey, how's it going, Levine? It's going great, man. How are you? I'm great, thanks. You're not powered up? I am powered up. All right. Perfect. I love hearing it. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> and today we're going to take a look at a quote by Lao Tzu. This is pretty fascinating. Before receiving, there must be giving. Wow. That's pretty deep. It really is. You know, that sounds almost like a biblical uh, type of scripture type verse that you would hear. Or like a spiritual concept. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. This uh, phrase actually came way before the Bible. Mm. Is that right? Yeah. So let me maybe give our listeners here a little uh, background on Lao Tzu and let them know a little bit about him. So when we get into it, they can really understand um, where he's coming from and maybe um, and connected to maybe where they are as well. So that sounds great. uh, Yeah. He was born in the sixth and uh, to the fifth century BC. Hmm. Uh, His name actually means old master. So it makes me think of someone who's wise, Mm. right? Yeah. Uh, He's actually uh, an ancient Chinese philosopher. So, I mean, again, that's why he's got a quote. (laughs) Most philosophers do. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's credited actually to writing the Tao Te Ching. And he's actually the founder of Taoism which is a practiced, uh, uh, you know, ex- not exclusively, but very exclusively, I'd like to say, in Asia. Or Taoism, depending on how you pronounce it. Or Taoism, it. too. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Um, people, um, you know, ca- with the surname Li, and that's L-I, yes. have uh, claimed that he is the founder of that lineage of that last name. Wow. Which is actually pretty interesting. Uh, some believe that Lao Tzu actually was the teacher for uh, Siddhartha uh, Gautama, uh, Guatama, and I'm probably saying it wrong, wrong but it's uh, the Buddha. Okay. Um, and, you know, he was also said that, uh, that he in, helped have uh, Buddha be enlightened uh, to the state that he was in. So it's kind of neat to see that uh, a philosopher and teacher helped one of the, another founding um, religion in the world as well, potentially. Those are some impressive credentials, and it's great to get that background on somebody like Lao Tzu as well, because we hear so many quotes, and maybe, just like anything else, things have changed through the ages. Maybe we don't know which quotes we could actually attribute to him, but certainly the Tao Te Ching, or Tao Te Ching, depending on how you pronounce it, would contain a lot of his thoughts and wisdom and ideas on spirituality and life. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of spiritual leaders that we see today, uh, one of them being the Wayne Dyer, for example. I know he passed away a couple of years ago now, uh, but he yeah. actually uh, went through the Tao Te Ching and decided to use the words in it and actually live by those words uh, for a full year. And then he actually wrote about his experience uh, for each verse. So he broke down each verse. I think it was about two and a half days per verse uh, over one year period, wrote about it, gave away everything, really just wanted to experience what those words actually meant and meditate on those words as well. Right. So it was actually very cool. Uh, He had the ability to do that. And there's a lot of people who have also been, uh, you know, uh, impacted by the words in the book. You know, I actually just finished reading that book. It's Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life by Dr. Wayne W. Dyer. Great read. I think it's kind of like a daily devotional, if that word makes sense to you, or a daily reflection. You can read one verse and what Dr. Dyer had to say about it on a daily basis. So just reading it one study or studying just like one every single day is probably the preferred way of of going about reading that book because it's actually pretty thick and very big. So it's not something you would read all at once and necessarily absorb, just something that you can read a small section of it on a daily basis and get something from it. 
That's right. And and I think when he put it together too, like that's what he, his idea was to really write about his experience while he was, you know, trying to understand each verse that's mm-hmm. in the book as well. So exactly. I mean, it's not a book that you just pick up, read like a novel. No. Nope. It is something that you're going to pick up read meditate on it or try to understand it that's what i mean by meditate right just really trying to understand the essence of what he's trying to um you know teach and there are a lot of great thoughts in that book and like with most things wayne dyer does it's kind of what's the best way of saying like religious agnostic he doesn't really subscribe to like any one religious belief he's he's somebody that in a way has amalgamated the various beliefs and is able to give you uh, a very varied perspective on everything but to me it only adds to the richness i think of my spiritual life or at least my understanding of spirituality so i tend to like that approach Right. And, you know, I do like the idea of being able to take a book that was, you know, a Buddhist book, not necessarily a Buddhist book, even it's a it's a Taoist book. Sorry. Yes. And, uh, you know, and again, Wayne Dyer is kind of an interesting guy because I believe he's 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 gone into the philosophy of Buddhism and he's potentially I I don't know uh, his philosophies on Christianity or not, but I know he's probably been able to take different philosophies from different religions and help him understand when he was at least alive on how everything really works together and how, you know, not necessarily just focus on the religious side of things or really focus on the people side of things. And just like with any spiritual text, I would say that if you take it too literally, you could go about things the wrong way. Like my stepdad talked about a guy that he knew, and I think it was while he was living in Japan, and he adopted very fundamentalist like Taoism or Taoism type principles in his life. So he kind of literally sat around, did nothing, and was not contributing anything to society and depending on everybody for, for money and food and place to stay and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not saying that you couldn't do that if that was something that was meaningful to you or if that was your path in a way, but it may not be the best idea for us to be like really fundamentalist with our understanding. You know, like we said earlier, let it simmer, let it sit in your mind and your subconscious mind and let, let it bring insights and ideas to you, which we just talked about in the last episode. Right. And, you know, I'm excited about this episode too, Dave, because one of the things <clears throat> I know we're just starting to get really just talking about the book that Wayne Dyer put out and, uh, but, you know, some of the examples that we're going to start giving here pretty quick are, mm-hmm. are going to really show the, the his thoughts in the book, I believe, as well, um, that yeah, you would I definitely hope. be able to talk on, I think, more. Yeah, I hope that shows through. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, so do you want to get started on, on uh, example one? Absolutely. I actually wanted to talk about the work in the various forms it takes, whether it's your job, your business, or your freelancing efforts. Before receiving, there must be giving. So in the context of a job, you have a responsibility. You have, you are given certain tasks, certain assignments, certain projects to oversee, and you're the one that's responsible for them. Nobody else can do them for you unless of course you give it to them or delegate them or force them to do it. But you were tasked with those projects in the first place. So you management or whoever it is that gave you those projects are trusting you to bring those things to completion. So when you give yourself to that role in that job, you show up, you say yes, and you do your work. That's always a passing grade as far as I'm concerned. And as far as most of the world is concerned, you will receive and you will receive payment for the work that you do. Right. And, you know, I'm just going to take that one step further. Sometimes people only do the minimums of what their jobs require them to do, right? So they will receive that paycheck. But, you know, sometimes if we go over and above, and I think that's when the the true receiving can start to happen for a lot of people is because, you know, managers, I believe, you know, especially if you're in a uh, quote unquote nine to five type job, managers are looking for the go-getters or looking for people who are looking to, you know, take their company in a better direction and put, you know, some more time and energy into it. And they do hopefully reward those people that are looking to go over and above and not just put in their time at work like they're in a prison. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think in like entrepreneurship and business as well, there's probably a lot of people that would resonate with this idea and this thought of before receiving, there must be giving. You know, I've known entrepreneurs, second cousins, in fact, that said things like, if you if you add enough value to people, money will just chase you down. So it's really about 
adding value that matters and counts. And that's something that I've been reflecting and thinking about more on, on the business side too. You know, I could continue to try to sell products and sometimes that really is kind of an uphill battle because you have to connect people with the right offers versus giving stuff away and then getting their thoughts on that, getting their opinions on that, getting what what it is that they want out of the things that I'm creating. They're obviously connecting with it in some way if they're becoming email subscribers or if they're buying things or if they're regular readers on the blog. So then it's my job to connect them with the things that they want. So that's why one of the reasons why I'm thinking about giving more. Right. And, and I think that's a great idea too, especially in business, right? And, and uh, you know, we've talked about networking, we've talked about business, and, you know, we're talking about talking about being an employee, right? And I think once we give of ourselves, right? So if we're, we're mm-hmm. a business owner, you know, sometimes all we want to do is we're, we want to really think about is how can I get more? How can I get more? How can exactly. I get more? Right. But, you know, if you look at some of the principles of network marketing or even just networking with people, not even marketing side of it, you know, if you go to a meeting and you meet somebody, you trade cards, you know, just don't take that card, put in your pocket and hope that the other person will call you why don't you take that card in your pocket and say you know what this guy's a let's say a petrochemical engineer or something right and maybe look for people who can maybe use that person's um, services and and connect the person you just met at that event with somebody who could potentially use that services maybe from a business you know and, and try to send business their way and they they will definitely appreciate it and reciprocate that back to you right so now that's that giving before receiving right because people say, hey, you know what? This guy's a good guy or this is a good girl. They're, they're giving me some business. You know what? I'm going to be happy and I'll send some business that way as well. And if they don't yeah. send that business your way, at least they'll always speak positive about you and your business. And thinking about getting more all the time can actually get you stuck and paralyzed as to what your next actions should be, just like it was with me. I didn't know what offers to connect my audience with, but I can always connect them with free downloads. They appreciate free things. They get something out of it. And out of the feedback I get from that could come a new product. So fundamentally, giving first and then receiving. Right. And, you know, you do give me, give, say something great, too, because sometimes when you are giving away free stuff, uh, you know, sometimes people appreciate it. Sometimes people just like getting free stuff. Right. That's and, right. And they don't necessarily appreciate the time that you've put into it. And, you know, we're putting some great time into this. And these are free podcasts that we're That's right. uh, giving out to people. We're taking our time and putting these out. We're not looking to charge anybody for these. We just really want to share the information that's on our heart through our knowledge, through our reading of our books and through conversations we've had with people. But I know the fact that the more higher level conversations we can have, the better leads and better ideas we can give people to use for themselves. Absolutely. Do you have anything more to say about works, jobs, freelancing, business? Uh, you know, not not necessarily on, in that uh, right now. And you never know, I might come up with some examples again later. Sure. Okay, well, let's move on to the next point then. Awesome, man. So sometimes one of the things with uh, giving before receiving, one of the things I like about that is, you know, sometimes people just need somebody to talk to, right? So give your time to somebody Hmm. and let them talk to you, right? So I know as guys, sometimes when our our ladies come to us, they'll come to us and just want to be heard, right? They just want that ear so we can listen to them. They don't necessarily want solutions. And as guys, man, we just want to give our solutions out to them and just move on to what we need to do, right? We're problem solvers. So that's sometimes right. we have to realize that people just don't want our solutions unless they ask for it, right? They're not necessarily coming to us for that. Sometimes, you know, depending on, again, take take this in the right light. If, you know, if they're just coming to vent to you every single time about everything, something's always negative. They're never taking a positive uh, change in their life or trying to make a positive change in their life. Then sometimes you have to take yourself out of that. But, you know, if you're, if you have people coming to you genuinely wanting to have you listen to them and, and, and just listen to them, sometimes they'll find their own answers within their own words, right? And that's just, you being a good listener and you know by giving them your time you know people will say great things about you because you know they trust you that's something i've found time and time again as well and i think even some of the prominent on online business mentors or just business mentors in general what they discover over time is that they shouldn't give answers unless they're being requested rather to listen to you know whoever they're they're teaching their apprentices or other business owners so giving answers too soon can actually be a sign of immaturity whereas waiting for the person to ask can be a sign of maturity 
Right. And I think that's, um, you know, one of the professions I think that have it correct is a psychologist, right? So you go to a psychologist and you sit there and you talk about your problems. Mm-hmm. What do they normally do? They just usually listen. They don't try to interrupt you and try to bombard you with a hundred questions and try to figure out your problem right away. What they do is just let you talk and, and, and usually let you vent and, and let you, you know, they get paid to let you vent. So it's kind of yeah. a nice thing, but they, they do have a, a a theory on the way they do it, I think. And once you start talking and they'll slowly start asking you the right questions uh, and they'll take you in the direction so you can help understand your, yourself and what you're doing wrong. And sometimes just having the ability to listen to yourself talk uh, will create that epiphany within yourself to understand what you need to do next. Very much so. And sometimes it's actually just a matter of asking the question, why enough? Because we sometimes just don't think that much about the deeper level of motivation or motives that you haven't uncovered yet that but are guiding your decisions so you have a psychologist that asks why five times six times seven times probably doesn't even take that long to get to the real motivation or the real issue or the real problem then you begin to realize for yourself, maybe just through that line of questioning, what it is that was motivating you or what it is that was wrong or what the real challenge is that you're not dealing with. Right. And, you know, going back to the uh, Tony Robbins episode that we had talked about mm-hmm. as well was, you know, he, he would pick somebody out of the crowd. He'd ask him, hey, tell me your problem. And as soon as they started, right. he knew that was not the problem. And even though he was lending his ear, he would get right to the point right away. But the nice thing was the people that were wanting to talk to him wanted to answer that why. So they were open to it, right? I mean, as a friend listening to somebody, sometimes you can ask that question why. And if the person's not open, they're going to stay closed or they're going to give you the wrong answer because a lot of people don't want to, you know, sound like they're a bad person or made to feel bad or, oh man, they're a failure. You know, a lot of people just want to continue to look good in front of other people forever, right? And and, and sit on top of that pedestal that they they've put themselves on, right? But if I think if a lot of people allow themselves to be true to themselves, allow themselves to be true to other people, then they'll, they will be able to get to, to answer that question why with all the seriousness that question needs to be answered in as well. This is the perfect opportunity for a segue, so I'm going to take it. Wonderful. I wanted to talk about worthiness in connection with this quote before receiving, there must be giving. Worthiness is something we feel we earn, And I think we are in this perpetual struggle to try to become more worthy, to get the things that we want in life. What most of us don't realize, and this is my own theory, but also it's coming from some of the reading that I've done. What we don't realize is that we're born worthy. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves more worthy, and there's nothing we can do to make ourselves less worthy. But it is about the actions we take. So in other words, you may be worthy for that relationship that you've wanted your whole life, but if you don't have the character to maintain it and to, to uh, usher the growth forward in that relationship, then you may not be able to hold on to that relationship. Wow. Um, yeah, I think you're right on that in part for sure. Um, I'm just trying to think of something that I could say against it for <laughs> right now. Just, you know, <laughs> just play devil's, devil's advocate. advocate. Yeah. You know, I love playing devil's advocate because yeah. I think that's where we, we learn. Right. Um, I, but I do believe, you know, you have to be worthy. You have to feel worthy. I think that's the biggest thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be feel worthy that if you, you know, you shouldn't have to feel worthy only because you give something to somebody or when you receive something from anybody, right? I think you should feel within yourself and within your heart that if you're going to give somebody something, you know, if it's a business lead, if it's a, um, you know, if it's information or if it's a book that you want somebody to read because you think they'll be able to get something from it, it should be done from a good place within yourself, you know, um, and give it to them with all the whole heart where you don't expect anything back from other people, right? I know one of the things we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I believe it's uh, episode eight, we talk about uh, entitlement, you know, and, right. and a lot of people feel entitled that they should get certain things uh, because that's the way it is. And and they just feel, the re- they only think about the receiving part, that they're entitled to, they have to get it, they have to get it, they have to get it. And don't realize that there are, you know, principles of giving involved as well, right? And when you give of yourself, just like we're doing here, like I said, you know, we're giving ourselves, we're giving our time, we're giving 
communicating our passion to people as well because I think we do both have a passion of wanting to help people and see people succeed and when people do succeed you know that gives us something back it's that happiness it's that worthiness within ourselves saying you know what I, I took the time, I learned a lot of things, and I was able to pass on that information and somebody used it and, and improved themselves. And I think that improvement gives us the satisfaction as well. I think you're right. I think most there are a lot of people that sort of struggle with that entitlement mentality. But most people listening to this, I would argue, are on the other end of things. They they're they don't feel like they're worthy, even though perhaps they're some of the hardest workers. So I think you definitely brought up a great point in that entitlement generation feels too worthy. So it's the other opposite. But And I'm talking about people that are on the other opposite of not feeling worthy enough. Right. And and you're probably right because one of the examples I'll give again is you know I was when I was in the photography uh, for at my friend's engagement party first I didn't really feel worthy of being able to take those pictures like yeah right. you know I'll take them and it'll be nice and they'll like them but I really don't know why I accepted it right I just kind of said sure I'll do it um, and as I kept getting closer and closer to the date I was never nervous about it but I wasn't sure right and I guess where that came from within myself was I didn't want to mess up the photos I really wanted to make sure I captured all the moments that they wanted and you know I felt that if I wasn't able to capture the perfect moments for them that they may see me in a different light right now I didn't do it for, for anything other than you know I, I guess I, I took the pictures I guess more to get experience right I'm not a photographer I've never taken a class but I think I did a very good job for my first time you know I don't know how to edit pictures and not but you know I had a lot of people comment saying hey you know what you got some really awesome shots and and, and you know just that idea of being able to give them something for free because you know at that this time where they are right now they can't really afford for the you know professional to, to you know three thousand four thousand dollars for pictures you know um, and I said you know I'll be more than happy to do it because I want to give them something that they'll always remember me by so maybe it is a little selfish but you know I think that's a, a great way to be selfish if I have to be yeah so sometimes you just don't know until you go and take that next step so worthiness is a really important consideration overall what's your next point Matt? well um you know i think sometimes uh this was an interesting one too right so before receiving there must be giving again was uh buying a meal for somebody you know maybe offer to buy someone a coffee or if you're you know in Mm -hmm. that uh if you're in the u.s maybe you're in the line for dunkin donuts or if you're in canada maybe you're in line for uh tim hortons you know uh but if there's someone in front of you sometimes you know just pay it forward is i guess the best way of saying it is buy that person in front of you a coffee and just say hey you know what have a nice day And, and sometimes that nice little gesture uh not only changes your day but it changes their day you know it 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 might take maybe they're in a bad mood they're just you know their husband and wife maybe they got in an argument argument or you know they're just can't you don't really want to go to work because they know their boss is going to chew them out or if you're a business owner you know man you know you missed uh missed an important shipment and and you know things are going to fall back and you know mm-hmm. you're going to have to maybe deal with some problems and sometimes the littlest things although may not change the situation that they're about to go through but at least for a moment in time can say you know what that was cool that so someone just thought of me for a second right and you know I don't think you're giving of yourself because of wanting something but you know things do come back to people eventually right I think it's that idea of karma mm. Tony Robbins sometimes tells that story and this was before he was really anybody he talks about how he was at this restaurant eating and really it was kind of his last little bit of money that he had to be able to spend on on food because he was in such a desperate situation but he talks about how this kid walked in with his mom and there was just something about this kid it was almost like he was royalty or something like he's just very different or very special and he was just treating his his mom like nobody else would and but he's just a young kid and you know, I think the kid wanted dessert, dessert or something, and maybe his mom didn't want him to have it, but, or maybe it was a money issue. But Tony took whatever change was left in his pocket, left it on on the table, and gave it to this boy, and that was the last bit of money that he'd ever have. So there was something in them. I I have to guess that, and I'm not probably not telling the story exactly accurate to the last detail, but like there was something in him that said. Before I have, before I can receive anything, I have to give this. 
Yeah, wow. That's, you know, it's a powerful story and it's true, right? Because that's exactly one of the examples <laughs> I have written down here yeah. is sometimes, you know, um, I, I know I've talked to you about this before and, and I'm not sure if we've talked about this on different podcasts as well, but, you know, the, the idea of giving money. Now, I don't always like giving money to people because, sure. you know, I can't control what they're going to do with it and, nor, you know, should I have the ability to always control what people are going to do with it? But, you know, my example, you know, when people are living on, on the street and they need something, you know, I think, you know, when you give them a juice or something uh, out of the goodness of yourself because you know it's something sometimes it's taking away from yourself that's exactly what in this example Tony Robbins did he took the money that he could have used to embedder his own life maybe mm-hmm. buy himself one more meal or yeah. you know buy buy a coffee for a businessman that he could have ran into I mean the endless possibilities of what could have happened but he decided to say no I'm gonna give you know it could it could have been his money he could have you know depending on what the kid was asking for he could have gone up to the counter bought that piece of pie or dessert and then just said hey you know what i'd love to buy this for your child or even ask the mom first and say would it be okay you know i kind of heard what's going on i would love to do this for you guys and you know even a small gesture like that i mean changes people's personal per, people sorry uh, perspective on how humans and as we humans are you know i think we're all internally good people but sometimes we don't necessarily show our goodness to everybody. I've been to the Philippines, so I get it. It can really be a double-edged sword. You know, we were told that, you know, if you do give your money to these kids, these kids have to bring it home to their parents. Their parents or their father inevitably spends it on gambling, or at least that's what we were told. Maybe that's just a way to justify not giving to these kids. That's also a possibility. But it's true that it could sometimes be a double-edged sword. Giving them money could get them into just as much trouble as not giving them money. Right. So let me ask you, do you think if you don't give money to somebody or give of yourself to somebody, do you think you still have the ability to still receive? If I don't give something of myself, then no, I don't know that I have the ability to receive. Right. So if, if you don't give of yourself, so when I mean like if you don't uh, donate, for example, do you think you could still buy that car that you've always wanted? Do you think you'll still, because part of free will is being able to do the things that you want to be, to do, you control what you're going to do. So if you truly control what you do, that means you should be able to control, uh, you know, how much money you make and the, then the ability to just take that money and go buy the things you want for yourself. I know it sounds a little selfish, but I do want to play the other side of the card for a second uh, and challenge maybe the the principle that's in here um you know why is it that i have to uh give before i receive why can't i just you know uh, do things for myself you know and and just put out you know work for myself work hard if other people don't want to work as hard as me and just go out there and do the things for myself i know it sounds selfish i'm not saying that's how i am but i just really want to play the other side why can't we just do that and still get the things that we want in life you can but I think what was drilled into us in network marketing over and over again was to add value to people. <laughs> you gotta be more valuable. <laughs> you know, in the words of, of Jim Rome. <laughs> and the idea is that by there's many different ways to add value to people. It's not just through money. We can add value through time. We even talked about this throughout throughout this talk. You can give of your time. You can give of yourself. You can write a blog post and, and teach people how to do certain things. There's so many ways to add value to people beyond just giving money. You know, there's so many other things you can give. But can you buy th- things for yourself? Can you reward yourself? Absolutely. I think if that's all you're focused on, that money goes away pretty fast, though. Right. So you're saying that any interaction I have, you know, typically will add value to somebody, even if I don't even want to, maybe. Sometimes. Not always, though. I think part of it is it takes some deliberateness to add value to people because let's say that you're meeting for somebody or sorry, you're going to meet somebody at like a cafe or whatever, and you go in unprepared but you know that you're meeting this person. So you don't do any of your homework, you don't prepare anything, and you show up and the, the conversation is just random versus you did your homework, you know what they like, you, you could bring them an article, you could connect them to somebody you know perhaps, uh, create a networking opportunity. So yeah, sometimes we add value by default, there's no question, but it's being more deliberate about that allows us to add more value. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if we're deliberate, we can add 
better value to people than you know and, and add the value we're looking to add to people i think yeah. you could still add value to people even if you're not prepared yes because you absolutely. don't know what they're looking for right so they even if you're thinking you're saying you know the wrong words and and words that really don't impact them you don't really know how they're being impacted by those words so even if you're not looking to add value or give them anything they're still receiving um before you don't even realize it well look at jesus right and maybe he was a, a god walking on earth i'm not totally sure but if if we were to say that he was uh you know he went from town to town talking to people sharing a relevant message but it was sort of like the power of observation so really in the moment because maybe he had time to prepare but i don't know that he did he, he might have just shown up and people were starting to ask him questions and then he on the, had to share what he thought and believed about spirituality on the spot. And it's the same thing. Sometimes we just walk into a situation, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen, but we just observe. We look at what what pictures are hanging on the wall. We look at uh, their stacks of mail. We look at their desk to see what their personal habits are like. All this stuff is like even absorbed in your subconscious mind without you even thinking about it. You kind of get a sense of person just by their surroundings or the people that they're around or the cup that they're holding or what they're wearing. So those, those things can all provide really relevant clues as to how to connect with that person. Just something we don't always consciously think about. Right. And, you know, I like the one idea, you know, since we're talking a little bit about religion here, it's something, something we always come back to is a religious topic. But I we think <laughs> there's a lot of good things that we can talk about to at least help people connect, because I think a lot of people have grown up with somewhat these principles and ideas as well. Right. And even if I don't again, you're right. I don't know if Jesus was practicing, you know, these speeches before and maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Maybe, but yeah. I do feel he probably wasn't. I do feel for him, it was probably something already within his heart. It's within his knowledge base. He, as he was learning and growing, you know, it's kind of like this show here. We're not, we have our notes. So that's him learning and growing. He has all these internal information now. And he has those three or four or five points that he wants to bring about. So I'm not comparing ourselves to Jesus, no, but no. I'm just saying, you know, uh, he, he already knew the points that he wanted to talk about. And as he gets, you know, from town to town, or as we put out each show to show, you know, we kind of have an idea of what we want to say. It's very organic. So when he's speaking, he's probably very organic as well. Well, you know, just speaking from the heart, just like we and me and you are doing, we have our two or three points that we want to bring up for each maybe topic, kind of like a speech when people put out a speech, mm -hmm. right? They have their bullet po uh, bulletproof points. Then they just kind of let whatever's in their heart really pour out. And I think that's what he was doing, the way he was giving. And people were receiving that message because it was genuine. It wasn't uh, It wasn't fake. It wasn't overly rehearsed, I don't think. Uh, again, if you're going town to town, maybe it is rehearsed because you are saying the same thing. But even when that, I don't think he was saying the same thing because not everybody in every town was looking for, you know, a the same thing over and over again everybody in a different town probably needed something different than the other town that's a really good point though like maybe he had, did have a framework and then he just had to customize it a little bit for every place that he went to that's totally possible too. yeah and you know and that's kind of what we've done too right I think it's a yeah. very similar f framework to what we work in it's the same framework to what speeches work in it's the same framework to I think what uh, a lot of uh, startup businesses kind of work in right they kind of know what they want to do they kind of have their goal set up for what they want to do and they just kind of start doing those goals Goals, and as they're working through them, start adjusting, adjusting accordingly as well, right? Yeah, exactly. I love it. Anything else on that? Uh, not on that topic. No, man. What's yours? I was going to talk about the fact that giving is receiving. Hmm. Whenever we give something, it's hard not to receive something, even if it's just like a small boost in our overall happiness, in our overall confidence. It may not come in the way that we necessarily expect like people give money and maybe expect money back i don't know if there's necessarily that tight of a correlation i think we receive what we need in that moment more often than not but you you give something so you or like you volunteer at a you know you volunteer at a homeless shelter or you give of your time or you give of your talents at a church or some other community gathering there's a variety of different ways for for us to give and we it's really hard to give from a genuine honest transparent place and not receive something in return if you're giving to get that's a whole different topic i think i mean you can still give to get but when you're giving from a place that is true to who you are then you can't help but receive 
Right. And I think what you receive once you give uh, is, you're right, is not always going to be what you want. And and uh, I, I kind of learned that as well. So, you know, growing up in a, a Hindu household, uh, my parents like to do a lot of religious praying. And, and growing up, I partake, partake in a lot of those things and still do uh, at this age as well. You know, anytime they ask me, I'm always more than happy to, to be involved, uh, you know, just because it is my family and I, I want to, you know, show my parents that I'm, I'm still part of the family. And, and, you know, not necessarily do I believe in all the rituals and whatnot but you know one of the things it's always about praying and and one of the things I was always taught was to ask of God um, whatever I wanted you know so Mm. the asking part and you know and also giving so in every single prayer we had was always giving so we would always give fruit and then ask as well for something in return not not a hey you have to give me this god but it was really just saying you know i, I want to give you my prayer and what i ask for you god is you know could you make my life better that's the things i would ask for right i'd ask that you know god I, i'm face, facing this challenge can you help me get through that challenge right i'm not asking for a million dollars i figured out a long time ago asking for a million dollars really didn't come to me by asking I had to go out and work for it but I knew that if I continue to do the right things that I would always be protected to get that million dollars right because I've put it out to the universe I've put my request out there and then now God says hey go work for it and I'll make sure that you know everything that comes your way the opportunities the challenges uh, everything that you need will come your way to get to that goal that you have asked me to fulfill right so or fulfill so um that's kind of my viewpoints on that. Yeah, God could maybe give you the knowledge you need to make the million dollars, but maybe not give you the million dollars directly. That's maybe one way of looking at it. I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Sort of the, the weird but true conclusion or somewhat true conclusion that I came to was that God is less like a genie and more like a slot machine. <laughs> you don't really know what you're going to get when you pull that trigger. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's just kind of normal. Nothing really changes. Sometimes it's not really what you expected. But I don't think it's ever bad, or at least God's intentions are not bad. If if a challenge comes along, a lot of people say, oh, well, that's bad. You pulled the trigger, you lost all your money. And I say, no, you pulled the trigger and you might have lost a lot of your money, but now you're presented with a new challenge that might grow you to become the person that you want to be. Right. And isn't that how a lot of inventors kind of work as well? If you look at someone like Edison uh, as well, right? I mean, how many times did uh, he put together the light bulb um, be- and how many oh, times yeah. did it fail? Right, Like 10,000 times or right. whatever some, it was. Some ridiculous number. And I mean, he did not look at it as a failure, right? He looked at it as, hey, look, this is just one way that it doesn't work. And he kept going and going and going and trying and failing and succeeding and adjusting. And, and that's what it was, was try, fail, adjust. Uh, right, and that's what he did. And as soon as he adjusted his his formula, uh, you know, whatever, ten thousand times, he succeeded. And now look at what we we got, right? So by him him giving and not giving up, you know, we received the the gift of of uh, light from from an inventor, right? So I mean, even that, you know, if he had given up nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine, uh, would we maybe have light? Maybe we would, but maybe not in the timely fashion that we received it. I I believe that illustrations definitely helped me too because i'll look at something and go yeah i found another way that it doesn't work but maybe by pivoting a few degrees maybe by pivoting a few degrees again maybe by changing things up maybe by tweaking the author the offer maybe by talking to my audience i'll discover something different and that'll make my business more more attractive to other people but it could apply to so many different areas you know if you haven't found the relationship that you're meant to be in you can keep trying if you haven't found you know your passion or something to dedicate yourself to or something to give your life to keep trying different things keep experimenting because you never know what you might discover right and and you know you said it very well and one the other thing too is you know if you give of yourself you, you're going to find that you will find what your passions are, right? Because you're going to start giving, hopefully, in the right directions. And I think the people listening to our, our show today realize that they want to give of themselves, maybe don't realize how, right? And and even if you fail in giving of yourself, um, it's not really, a, I don't think, a failure because I think somebody will benefit from it, right? It may not be you, but it, will, mm-hmm. it, may, it will be somebody else. Um, and But I think... In the same thing you said, when you do give of yourself, you are receiving something, right? Even if it's just knowledge. Yeah. You receive an example to share with somebody. Hey, you know what? I I tried this in my business. It didn't work. Just let somebody know, right? 
I recently finished Hustle with Neil Patel. I think one of the things that they even mentioned in the book was how Neil felt it important to talk about the experiments was he, what he was doing. And even the ones that failed, he would post about and let people know what was going on. So that's a, a great uh, you know, point that connects to what you were saying. Absolutely, and I, and I agree that uh, you know what Neil Patel did was probably exactly what Edison did, right? And I'm yeah. pretty sure that's where he got the, that example from too, right? I think when Edison came up with every single idea, he probably talked to his team as well and said, "Hey guys, let's try this element. How do these two elements work together? What are some of the outcomes that could come? Can we, you know, will something blow up if this doesn't work, right?" And and his team was working together to figure that out. And I think that's exactly what uh, Neil Patel was saying: is if you if you're gonna have an idea, you know, share that idea with other people and then receive the feedback they're going to give you as well because uh, it is important, especially if you want to succeed. Plus, Neil didn't have to talk about his mistakes. He could have just talked about his successes. Instead, he chose to be transparent and open and honest with where his own shortcomings were. And that's an amazing form of giving. And I think that's why so many people connect with him and know who he is. Well, absolutely. And I think you have the ability to learn from other people's mistakes, something that we said earlier as well, right? So even if we look at as giving as as a way like that, so I mean, we do want people making mistakes out there. We do want people failing because they give us examples of real life situations that didn't work. And then that allows us to see, hey, you know what? That didn't work. It doesn't mean it won't work for us, but it just means that there might be a better way it didn't work, right? I'm sure every inventor that's out there found millions of ways it didn't work and they can share those failures or successes depending on how you want to look at it. But when they, you know, they're always always known for the final product, the final success, right? And now we've gone, we as people have gone out and talking about the light bulb, for example, and, and developed a better light bulb where we've developed light bulbs that now last for thousands of hours and don't burn out right away. And, and there's a lot more technology in these in these light bulbs than there was when they were first invented, right? So we've been able to take what was already um, developed and make it better. And that's what I think, uh, if you put those principles to work, allows you to do. And one of the things that I did a couple of years back, you remember, Maveen, was that I did a lot of experiments with different social media sites. That's right, yeah. And then I posted the results and talked about what went right and what went wrong. And so when I heard that this is more or less what Neil was doing, because I had no knowledge that, that it was what he was doing, I felt a lot less bad about <laughs> the results that I had posted, because then I realized, well, that's exactly what he was doing, and that's part of how he built his audience. So I shouldn't feel bad about talking about my failures and shortcomings either. And that's something that I still hold dear to my heart is being transparent in business. So Right. And that's a great example because we all, I think, even the people listening here feel that, oh man, we're the only people that ever fail. And, and if we just realize, you know what, failure is, failure just happens all, it happens to everybody. It happens all around the world. It happens daily, but it's the learning from that failure that makes us grow. Right. And, and if we realize that, you know, you failed, I failed in many things and, and the people listening have failed, but we've also succeeded in a tremendous amount of things as well. And because of that ability, you know, we've been able to also inspire others people from our failures exactly i love it yeah what's your next point my next point so this one's because um you know we're we're any month that we release this podcast in, there's always some sort of holiday. Yeah. So, you know, my idea was, you know, we got vaca- you know, we got holidays such as Valentine's, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, Independence Day, Halloween, Remembrance Day, Christmas, and birthdays. Mm. You know, and I'm sure I missed some other holidays out there, but the ideas uh, or, or events that we celebrate, right? And these are all on the calendar for a reason. They're all reminders uh, uh, for us to give to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, come Valentine's right. Day, it's it's for, you know, usually for men to show their ladies the appreciation we have for them. So it doesn't necessarily have to mean you have to buy them, you know, a diamond rings, but it really means as, hey, slow down for a day and show your lady that you care, you appreciate her. You may already do that every other day and that's fantastic. But for the people who don't, that's that one day that they, you know, they have out there. Now you can say it's a commercial holiday and all this stuff and it probably is but it is a i think it's got a great concept behind it uh, you know same as uh, stuff like mother's day right sometimes we don't necessarily always show the appreciation to our mothers and our fathers that we want to show them so we have the ability to say hey there's a day out there for that you know same as our grandparents so we have grandparents day and and we want to give them a, a, a something to show them all that we've received from them so this one's a little bit backwards because you know sometimes our, our parents you know as they raise us 
they give to us and, and keep giving to us and giving to us knowledge and things. And, and it's those is that day that we can finally say to them, here, we want to give back to you now. And, and by us giving back to them, don't you see that they keep giving back to us and it's that nice little feeling that we get with them as well right and, and you know and who doesn't like halloween <laughs> you know that's one thing i was thinking you know as kids you know we a little yeah, a couple yeah. months back we just had a halloween pass here and you know kids come to your door and they're just excited about you know receiving candy but you know how cool is it when you can go buy maybe like a you know a ten dollar bag of candy and just kind of give out candy to the little kids and see the enjoyment and the excitement in their faces because you know they're just really excited mm-hmm. about because they don't really know any different right and you you yeah. kind of help them uh, you know see that it's those little things that we do right it's hopefully we take those little giving moments and try to put those into larger more larger um, experiences i guess interesting tidbit of trivia in japan they do have valentine's day and valentine's day is actually the time when girls show their affection for boys or women for men and then they have something called white day it's not really well named, I think, but that's when <laughs> when men can reciprocate or show their affection for girls or women. So that that's a very interesting way of of evening out the score, so to speak. <laughs> Do you remember which uh, which one of those um, I guess events falls on the calendar first? I'm pretty sure Valentine's Day. Okay, and then so sometimes after uh, is this white. White, white day, white day. Yeah. okay very interesting <laughs> never heard of it but i get it <laughs> maybe not aptly named but yeah it's, it's it is interesting uh could have called it like melatine's day or something yeah, I mean, <laughs> Melatines. yeah just for the men right so yeah. um cool and our transcription is not gonna know how to transcribe that one no not even close <laughs> <laughs> we're okay with that right we can uh, yeah. that's why we're always about inventing new words on this show too we sometimes. sure do <laughs> um do you have do you have any other points there david i wanted to talk about this idea i even wrote a blog post with kind of more or less the same title be a channel not a reservoir so in life so often what we try to do is accumulate at least the society and the system encourages us to just keep buying keep getting you know buy a house buy a car keep upgrading get a better computer get a get the latest xbox get the wii we have a very consumer-centric society that's fine but when we become a reservoir, really we're just accumulating. And like any dam, we find that holding on to so many things is difficult. We begin to overflow and spill over, and that's when problems begin to happen. But when you're a channel, when you're somebody that continually uh, encourages the movement of things in your life, giving away old clothes, getting rid of things you no longer need, recycling your electronics, giving away books you're no longer going to read, there's so many different ways to maintain that, that flow. And when you have that flow, life is amazing because new things keep coming into your life. You got something you don't like, let go of it. It doesn't matter if it's like a relationship or just a shirt that you really hate for, for, for some reason you still wear. Start the flow, give it away, and you'd be amazed to find that your preferences will be met. It's just that things come into our lives continually really determine what our tastes are what do we actually want and if you keep getting things you don't want keep giving them because that flow will keep coming and eventually the new things that come into your life will be things you want right and i think you know going back to our our initial example with dr wayne dyer that's exactly what he did right he gave Mm -hmm. away everything he gave away his clothes he gave away everything that he had because he he didn't want to uh, have the material things to hold on to while he was learning about you know giving and receiving and yeah. the, the concepts that are in the, the Tao Te Ching and, and he really wanted to be a student of that principles in the book right so he found a way to just keep giving and the more he kept giving away you know it, it's fascinating a year later he writes a book about his experience and how much more did he get in this situation yeah. he did get a lot of money and he was able to probably repurchase whatever items he wanted but he probably learned you know in that experience that he didn't need a lot of those things of course you know he probably needed his shoes but yes. you know um he probably knew that because you know i, I believe he lived in uh, hawaii if i'm correct yeah um, but you know it, 
he really didn't need him on a day-to-day basis, especially if he wasn't going out. So he he could give away most of his belongings because when he was, you know, I guess uh, not necessarily isolated, but he did put him himself in a situation where he could maybe be um, alone and thought for most of the most of the time and most of the days, right? And still doing some of the things that he was required to do uh, based on what he agreed to do. But by giving away everything, I think he received not only things, but he received this knowledge that he was able to then share in his book with the with his readers people who want to be inspired by him right and 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 maybe take that same path maybe not the same way he did but maybe give of themselves in another country or in their own city or whatnot right because i know me and you've had these conversations where sometimes it's it's easy we find it easy to give in in canada or us and we can just give to the people here but sometimes Mm -hmm. the money only goes so far when we give people here yeah you know we were talking a little bit about even before we started the programming uh you know we, we were talking about rupees and and uh, you know what the value of one ru- you know one rupee was and I said yeah. you know it's about fifty to fifty five dollars again depending on uh, when this comes out and that's fifty five dollars Canadian to one rupee and and, and you know just uh, kind of making sense of what that real value was it's like two cents you know and and then when you're in India when I was in India you know we'd have kids come up say hey you know give me money give me money or they say give me pesa give me pesa and the pesa is like a dollar or or change or whatever and, and you give them one rupee and you know i can get 50 rupees for one dollar so i'm giving them two cents it's nothing you know so you can give freely of yourself in other places sometimes so if you do ever find yourself in a situation like that where you're in a third world country remember what the value of your dollar is to what their money is and realize you know by you giving a little bit that actually gives them the ability to receive a lot and the Tao Te Ching certainly talks about that, the idea of holding loosely to things. I think there was even a verse towards the end, and there's certainly different ways of interpreting it, but that talks about having fewer things rather than more things and how the the spoils will go to those who have have little, in a sense. So those, those principles, I think, are, are worth exploring because you'd be surprised to find, you know, how, how tightly people sometimes hold on to things that they don't need, and it's just... I've found that things carry memories, things carry vibrations. You pick up something that you haven't picked up in five years, but it still carries the same memories from that time. And then suddenly those same feelings are recalled physically in your body. It's amazing how how those kinds of things happen. So there's a tremendous learning in giving away everything. I wouldn't tell all of our listeners to follow Wayne's example and do the same thing. But I would say become more of a channel rather than a reservoir. Right on. And I do like that idea too, right? I mean, if you have the ability to accumulate a lot, there's nothing wrong with accumulating a lot of wealth, um, but give of it, right? And that's kind of the idea of a a channel, right? So you can have this huge reservoir uh, of money and, and things because you've had a profitable business and, and there's nothing wrong with being able to build that. But you know, and one of the things I I know a lot of people have the question, comes about and say, if you won $50 million, what would you do with your money? <laughs> and inevitably, a lot of people say they would give to charity. Yes. You know, and, and that's that little reservoir. Now, they may take a small percentage of it. That's okay. It's whatever they feel they deem to be the right amount for them. But they'll, you know, have one stream. Maybe they'll have one one stream will go to uh, a, a woman's charity and another another stream will go to a, a children abuse charity and another one will go to, you know, maybe a, a cancer type uh, charity. But they'll have several streams from their reservoir of that one you know charity fund going to different places they believe so they are able to uh, you know create a lot of little rivers uh, from that reservoir of, of money they hold right and because of of course compound interest maybe throughout their lifetime they're able to donate millions and millions of dollars because you know of just small little things that they're doing with their with their money right and but look at all the people they're able to help in return uh, and maybe all the causes that they believe in they're able to impact as well. I think so too. I love it. Do you have anything else to talk about there, Matt? Yeah, my final um, thought I had was actually, you know, I think we've kind of talked about it um, throughout this whole conversation. Really, it was giving your time. We've talked about that. Giving your money. We've talked about that. Uh, giving of our energy. I'm not sure if we've talked about that. A little uh, bit, yeah. You know, but, you know, go to places and, and, uh, 
put your time in, you know, go give of yourself, go give your time, go give your energy, you know, go work. I think you were, you mentioned it, go work at the food bank or something, you know, yeah. uh, go give a couple hours, right? And that energy that you, ex- you put in that place will vibrate as well. I agree with you. You know, your, your excitement will vibrate even if it's just for a few hours, but it's also going to vibrate a few hours after you leave as well, because mm. you've created this excitement even if it's for a short period of time and then tomorrow or at lunch you know if you're at the let's say you're at the lunchtime rush you know when the dinner people come in to do their volunteering they're going to create a new excitement and new vibration in there as well right so as we keep giving our giving of ourselves that vibration will continue in there and hopefully the people that are um you know using the services are able to feel that vibration to to change their lives as well right it's not always that easy i know that i understand Mm -hmm. um but you know hopefully if they can see that they can then use that to change right um i think if we keep giving back giving to people things will come back i think you've mentioned that as well not necessarily the way we gave them i don't think we want them back in the way we gave them either right most likely not no you know if i give a hundred dollars i don't need 120 dollars back right uh you know but what i would maybe like is the ability to learn how to make $120 instead of, you know, get, I would like ideas instead because as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a free thinker, I really want to know different ways to keep creating more, more value and then be able to take that value and keep giving it and thinking of new ways to keep creating new things, right? Just that nice circle as well. Right. And I think the more you, you give, the more, you know, the harder you work, the more loyalty you'll also find from people as well. Uh, the more you give of yourself. Yeah. I think as you begin to accumulate proof, you know, something like using your power, what we're doing over time, it, it's basically a honeypot. It's, it's attracting people by showing them, Hey, here's, here's a little something that you might want to take a listen to and, and glean from, and maybe it'll help change your life. Maybe it'll impact the way you do things. Even if, even if it's just in a little way, things will begin to change for you. So yeah, it's, it's that beginning to build that proof over time gets people excited and wanting to work with you and collaborate with you. But building to that point can take time. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to explore one quick question here. And I don't know if we've had a, an opportunity to look at this, but, you know, Lao Tu, he, he came up with this saying, you know, before receiving, there must be giving. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we don't know his whole lifestyle. We don't know what created him to write this. But what are your thoughts on why do you think he wrote such a profound statement, which has been used in many other religious texts and has been written in many different, um, you know, books, you know, self-motivating books and and personal business books and and all these different uh, authors that we enjoy they also use the same concept and, and they write about it maybe not in those exact words but what do you think caused him to write something so profound i think he is the ultimate observer of contrast in the world the yin and the yang the woman and the man it's not about like opposites it's about contrast. And I think he was able to pull out so many incredible lessons by looking at what contrasts were in the world because he observed that basically poor people were wealthy and wealthy people were poor because they had to spend so much energy and time looking after the things. He found that being like water was the best way to deal with conflict, not being hard and rigid, but soft and easily moving. So Uh, It's not surprising to me that this is one of the things that came to him as he was exploring this endless world of contrast that we live in. Right. So, you know, based on what you have said, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, I know initially when we started talking, I I mentioned that he was thought to be potentially the teacher of Buddha. Now, Mm -hmm. interesting enough, do you think he could have potentially been a Buddha? as well because I mean he had the same type of knowledge it seems like he had the same type of world understanding it seems to me that he understood nature everything around him because he obviously uh, had the ability he didn't have a a cell phone in his hand all day like we do Uh, (laughs) you know he had the ability to maybe sit down and watch water and watch nature and and watch how water would go around things and and through things over time as well right so do you think he could have been a, a Buddha in his own nature 
it totally depends on how do you how you define it, but I, I think so. You know, what, whether you look upon him as as somebody that was, you know, a god walking on earth, or you see it as somebody like like Buddha that was full of wisdom, or you know, whether it's Jesus, an amazing prophet and an amazing teacher of different principles. I think you could put it really however you want it. It just depends on what your perspective is ultimately. But yeah, it's totally possible. Right on. No, great. I just wanted to kind of ask that question because I think we should, you know, dig into where this quote even came from, right? I think uh, talking about the quote and the meaning of the quote is a great thing, but if we don't really dig in why somebody, you know, what made somebody think that this principle of giving makes any sense, and then you get back, you know, multiplied and, uh, you know, and the best things will come to you when you give. So I just really want to explore your thoughts on it. And, you know, my, my thoughts line up with yours on that too, right? I think he was a great observer as well. And I think his name has something to say, you know, old master. It means he was wise. He was, mm-hmm. he, he, he can only be wise if you understand people and you can understand yourself. I think that's the other part is like he was observing human nature and how common it, it, it is for us to think that we can receive without giving. And this is almost like a slap in the face for those people that were believing that. He says, no, you don't understand. Like uh, to get to where I'm at, to reach a certain level in your life, to become famous, rich, wealthy, whatever it is you're looking for, before receiving, you must give. And that probably challenged a lot of people's thoughts at the time. Right. And, you know, even with this, right, uh, the idea of giving. So we're giving away knowledge. And the nice thing about it is every time we speak and we give away our knowledge, we're actually receiving additional knowledge as well. Because, you know, right now we're listening to both of ourselves speak. Every time you say something, I'm absorbing it. I'm trying to understanding it. Every time I say something, you're absorbing it. You're understanding it. And we're now gaining each other's knowledge by, you know, trying to give out this information to our listeners. Yeah, and that's the amazing thing about creating that flow that we talked about. Absolutely. Closing well, thoughts? <laughs> this seems like a really great place to to wrap up. I'm not sure if there's really anything more to say. You know, Lao Tzu was obviously a wise man. He's left us with a lot of great verses and, and religious text or spiritual text to ponder and think about the way life and things are. And I would certainly explore, uh, encourage a deeper exploration of it. I've read the Tao Te Ching. I've read Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. I still wouldn't call myself an expert on the subject at all. But I've, I've through it, I think it's just enriched my enriched. It's, 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 it's a word. <laughs> I think it is. It's enriched. It's enriched my journey through life and spiritual life as well. So I've, I've really, I've, I've enjoyed that process. Right on. And, you know, my final thoughts, I guess, are very similar to yours. I don't think there's a lot that we haven't said about giving yeah. and receiving. I do believe before receiving, we have to give. And if it's not of ourself, it's of our finances. If it's not of our finances, it's of our spiritual being. Sometimes, you know, if you're going to meet somebody and, and be married to that one person, you have to give your soul to that person. Mm. I do believe that. I do believe you have to give all of yourself to somebody before they're, they'll be willing to give themselves to you, right? It's like um, an, an old uh, statement I heard long, long time ago. You know, 50% of the world is waiting for the other half to say hello. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, that's kind of sums it up for me. You know, if you give of yourself to others, others will give themselves to you. Absolutely. I've really enjoyed this talk and we hope that you have also. You can find more content like this at usingyourpower.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.